Welcome back to the Better Divorce Podcast. I am your host, Paulette Rigo, and I'm here to guide you through the storm of divorce into much calmer waters. So hold tight. Whether you're contemplating divorce in the thick of it or just rebuilding post-divorce, I've got you covered. Each episode, we'll tackle the tough topics, share resilient stories, and offer practical, helpful advice to help you navigate with confidence wisely. Remember, you're not alone. I've been there, and so have millions of others, and your brighter future awaits, I promise. Ready to turn a tough time into a time of growth? I know you are. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you find this content helpful, please share it with others who might benefit. Now, let's dive into today's topic. See you soon. I am hosting a retreat in Belize. Some of you may know, but I used to live there. And Belize is a melting pot of culture that carries over into the food, the music, and the fun. It is the best of both vibes from jungles to ground you and beaches to heal and soothe. I lived there for many years and go back and forth between there and Atlanta because I can't get enough. My co-host, Tiara, visited me and didn't want to leave either. No one does. This is paradise, folks. My co-host, Tiara, and I chatted about the perfect all-inclusive location for you ladies that are going through a pivot in your life and need to reset, renew, and rebuild, and we nailed it. We kick off with a three-day adventure in the luxurious eco-resort Kapal Tree in the southern Belize jungle, followed by three luxurious days on Thatch Cay Island, a private island over water, oceanfront oasis in the turquoise Caribbean along the Belize Barrier Reef. Whether you're going through or just coming out of a divorce, especially with a narcissist, a career change, or you just want to get back to the parts of you that you haven't seen in a while, we are talking to you. Make note, May 4th to the 10th, 2024, and start packing. Space is very limited on the private island and in the jungle. Be sure to act now. We have a passion for leading truly transformational healing events from heart-opening, accessible guided meditations to connection-based, life-changing tools and practices. We curate each moment with care and compassion to ensure every lady is taken care of from the initial registration to the final namaste. It's better in Belize. Welcome back to the Better Divorce Podcast. I'm your host, Paulette Rigo. Now today, we're going to dive into a topic I get a lot. The question is, Paulette, do you think our marriage can be saved? I get that a lot. And I don't always know how to answer that question. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. 
Now, typically when people come to me as a credentialed mediator and a certified divorce coach, they're typically already tipping the scales towards needing those services, but I never throw in the towel. This conversation today with expert Shan Merchant, she is the founder, CEO of Imago Couples Therapy. She's a therapist and a relationship expert. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. She helps professional couples on the brink of divorce finally find peace in their relationship and put their wedding rings back on. Mm -hmm. Sounds good, right? So welcome to the show, Shan. I'm so glad you're here. So let's dig in. What makes you want to work with couples? Tell me a little bit about your background and what makes you do this very important work. Oh, hi, Paulette. So firstly, lovely to be here. And um, so I guess like these three main things that have led me into, you know, being really passionate about relationship and working with couples. And uh, firstly, it starts a really long time ago. So when I was a teenager, I was really obsessed with love and I was really into, um, well, I grew up in New Zealand. So I was into Barbara Cartland romance novels and I used to beg my mother every month to be buying me these books and I was always immersed in these romance stories and I was so excited about falling in love and I didn't have a boyfriend I was like 16 and so it was just already I was like really really fascinated with love and then you know um, a few decades goes by you know my 20 my full 20s and even really into my 30s and I was in relationships but I was struggling in relationship because um, I really um, use my relationships for security. So I settled a lot in relationship and sort of use my relationships as a life raft. And so, you know, I struggled in relationships. So that's part of where my interest in relationship has been is, is that it was a cause of pain for me. And then also I had this really deep longing to want to be more authentic in relationship and, and to choose just from love, like how I dreamed of, of you know, when I was a teenager and so a really pivotal um, moment for me, actually, in my life is when I was about 34 and I broke up a long term relationship with a lovely man. And um, so I was living in London and we owned a house together. And I met um, a woman called Josephine, who I've actually been in a relationship with now for 14 years. And I got that experience. I got that experience of falling in love, of having this courtship. Um, it was such a sweet romance that I really wanted to experience and so I was really happy about that and and then we were together for four years and then a number of things happened in quick succession with us so we decided to have babies and so we had a baby each so we were flying to Copenhagen from London to a fertility clinic and we managed to have a baby each which is amazing and then we bought two flats renovated them ourselves when we had babies and then we also decided to move to Ibiza in Spain and set up our life there and so all of this brought a lot of pressure and intensity into our relationship and so all of a sudden you know we found ourselves um, in a point in our relationship where there was lots of arguing and um, criticizing and blaming and grudges had built up and resentments and it was just like this stage where we were like oh my god like where where is our love gone you know and we we're actually on the verge of breaking up and so the the real um pivotal moment for us was actually you know doing the work on our relationship and working on our relationship and completely we managed to completely transform our relationship from 
thinking that we were going to break up and um, we weren't married, but, you know, we'd been together for um, 10 years by then and we had two children together to the relationship which we have now, which is a peaceful, loving relationship. So the journey myself from being at that stage of um, it being so bad that I didn't know how we were ever going to get back from it and did it mean we had to break up to, to actually doing the work and having this really loving, beautiful relationship. So that is what has put me into couples work because I, more than anything in my whole life, I just really want couples to know that that they can do that, that they can transform their relationship. Well, I love the fact that you mentioned a Barbara Cartland romance novels. I, <laughs> I remember being a young girl you know, 12 or something and walking into, I think it was Woolworths, I'm showing my age, um, 59 now, and and seeing a department of paperbacks, right? And they yes. were colorful, you know, I'm, I'm showing my hands now if you're listening to the audio, but they're like, you know, the pocketbook ones you could throw in your purse and they were always thick and they had this very sexy, sultry photograph or yes. Of a very handsome gentleman and a you know gorgeous woman with the the dress and the cleavage and the, I, I don't know if I'm giving a good depiction. Wow! Picture after picture after picture after picture of these brightly colored. They would always be pink and purple and red and orange and yellow and and I'd be like intrigued with what are those books? So my mother never read those. Uh, I didn't really know the life or the, the the niche of romance novels until my girlfriend um, uh, who is, is very much obsessed with them and has in her home, I don't know, hundreds of them. <laughs> and she's yeah. read them more than once. So, and, and it's a little bit of a trade, like she'll have friends that read them and then say, you know, they trade, I'll read this one if you read that one kind of thing. I don't know how it exactly works. So my image of this romantic, yes. passionate world was um, that as a young woman, I never have, I don't think I've, no, I can't say I've never. I think I've read one, couldn't tell you who wrote it, but I used to love Danielle Steele novels. Oh, yes. They weren't quite the romance. They were a little bit more... I don't know, business and corporate and this woman had this powerful job and, you know, they were kind of intriguing, but a nice way of escaping, right? There's this yeah. perfect little world that you can jump into and kind of vicariously live through other people's lives. So I'm so glad you brought up that memory for me. I too had an idealistic yeah. what love should look like and that's the whole point of this initial you know uh, topic here of we do have as children as teens as young adults male or female you know whatever you we all have this vision right if yeah you know we're nodding of what we believe marriage or dating romance falling in love engagement marriage should look like and even if there's a breakup 
in a romance novel or a, one of these type of novels, they usually do get back together or there's someone else that's better for them. Or, you know, there's usually a happy ending, right? Part yeah. Expression, but sometimes it can have a bad connotation to it. But there's a, there's a, you know, they walk off together holding hands and into the sunset. So, so we have this idealistic idea of what marriage look, should look like or partnership. And yeah. now perhaps something changes in the relationship, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, the the uh, partners of not having congruent goals. Maybe mm -hmm. there's too much bickering, arguing, and they can't find common ground. So seeing that you are an expert in, a, in relationships and couples therapy, you've authored the book From Power Struggle to Peaceful Couple, which I yeah. love that title. Just again, from power struggle to yeah. peaceful couple. Everyone just visualize that. Power yeah. struggle to peaceful couple. Beautiful title. Mm -hmm. And you do help people. And you're on this mission to stop couples settling from being in an unhappy relationship that drains their energy. I'm nodding. Because yeah. you believe that great relationships are, in fact, the foundation for a great life. I could not agree more. I'm happily remarried. I believe in love. I believe mm -hmm. in marriage. I believe in couple dome. Yeah. So it, it isn't always so easy. Co marriage in partnership takes a lot of work. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about what we need to know about the four stages of relationships. Why is that important for the listeners to know mm -hmm. that there are stages? I didn't know that there were stages, or maybe I do. Enlighten me, what are the stages and why do we need to know them? Okay, so um, there's four stages in relationship, and this is sort of a, um, a staging that I've put together based on um, Amago Relationship Therapy, which has actually um, been, uh, the founders of that is actually Harville Hendricks and um, Helen Lakini Hunt, and so they have, I've weaved some of their philosophy into my work, and so um, basically they talk a lot about the power struggle in, uh, in one of their books, Getting the Love You Want, which also got me on the path of uh uh, conscious relationship but um so basically I've used before you say that what are the names again of the of the um ex-founders yes. yes founders of it so I'm an Imago um, couples therapist and the founders of this relationship therapy are Harville Hendricks and Helen Lakini Hunt and uh and and so they have written an amazing book called Getting the Love You Want which I recommend to your listeners if they if they want to read that and that's actually also how um, I discovered Imago therapy myself and that's the tools that we use to transform our relationship and why I became an Imago's couples therapist is because I thought it was so powerful so anyway in the four stages of relationship I blended a bit of their philosophy into my own experience of what happened when we transformed our relationship so the four stages of relationship how I call it in my lens so we have the honeymoon stage, which is obviously the stage that everyone knows about because it's always in the magazines and, you know, it's very well written about in the media. So everyone knows about the honeymoon stage. Honeymoon stage normally lasts like maybe six months to 18 months. It's not meant to last. And that's the stage where we're like, oh, my God, if I, you know, it's so romantic and exciting and, you know, we're drunk on love. We've got all of those love hormones. 
we're thinking maybe even we've found the one. And the thing is, is that stage is meant to finish. And then it's inevitable that we go into the next stage of relationship called the power struggle stage of relationship. And so many people are not even, they do, firstly, they don't, no one talks about the power struggle stage. All, all anyone talks about is the honeymoon stage. So lots of people don't even know it exists. They don't understand the purpose of it and they don't possess the relationship skills to work through the challenges that are in the power struggle stage of relationship. And then what I tell all of my couples is the next stage of relationship, you're meant to pass through the power struggle stage. Next stage is peace. And so you need peace in your, if you want peace in your relationship, you need safety in your relationship and all of the things that you want in relationship, passion, trust, um, joy, laughter, um, connection, you know, um, every, everything that you want in relationship basically needs is in the peaceful stage of relationship. And it's just on the other side of the power struggle stage of relationship. And then I go even further, actually, and I talk about the power couple stage of relationship, which is the fourth stage, which for me is more um, conscious partnership. So it's where we're um, really embodying the work and we're doing the work every day. So we're deepening the connection. So it's past the peaceful stage. So um when I um, really started to realize that the peaceful stage of relationship is the stage that everyone should be aiming for, I realized that actually every single relationship of mine in the past, excluding the one of them now, had broken up in the power struggle stage. And the reason is, is people don't know how to recognize it, don't know what the purpose is, and then put the false meaning of it, of thinking, well, we're not meant to be together things are so hard there's so much conflict or there's coldness or there's with you know there's, there's so much struggle in this in this part of relationship that it must mean we're not meant to be together and then people divorce or, or walk away just so I have the clarity and for the listeners the honeymoon yeah. stage lasts about six months and it's meant to finish yes yeah, six months six to 18 months maybe okay. you know depending six, on yeah six to 18 I'm not looking to rush it I get it now <laughs> enjoy, it. enjoy it while it's there that's what it is wallow in it just believe the mud all over yeah. It. yeah right the number two is the power struggle stage and yes. how long does that typically last so this is the very interesting thing because it's the unconscious stage of relationship mm. so you could be in the power struggle stage from two years to 50 years plus you could be oh. in there for decades and people are in it for decades if you think about the people that are stuck in that stage of relationship where they're bickering they're criticizing they're blaming they're walking on eggshells they're lonely they're unhappy there's two phases of the power struggle stage as well there's the one where there's lots of fire and lots of bickering and arguing and then there's the other one which is the withdrawal it's like the you know the silent divorce where people separate and they live together but that you know and and so there's the two phases and so if you are unconscious to it you remain in it only way to, to um, pass through the power struggle stage is to become conscious and do the work to work on to, to to do what needs to be done which I can tell you about to to pass through it so it's starting to work on your relationship becoming conscious or people um divorce or they do something called a relationship exit which is where we are not addressing the core issues in our relationship. So instead, what we do is we have an affair. That's a relate that a relationship exit. That's like a catastrophic relationship exit. So we turn our interest away, or we put our interest into other things like the children, hobbies, career. Do you know what I mean? That you know, we we turn our interest and we focus the interest away from the relationship. Right. 
So that's really interesting. Um, the unconscious part that lays dormant where you're not aware of the fact that you're in this stage and yeah. there are two coping mechanisms either to fight yeah. blame finger point or yeah. to withdraw to yeah. tie yourself up to a hobby shopping a new career the children yeah uh, whatever it is that you're, you're eBay on your phones like stuff like yeah, that the diversion stage yeah and if they're able to be aware of the uh, the stage, they can either manage it, improve it, or likely they go down towards the path of divorce. So yeah. let's talk about stage three is the peaceful stage. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. how long does that last? Is this till death do us part? Or yeah, I mean, why would you want to leave the peaceful stage? <laughs> you know? I'm in the peaceful. I, I'm in the peaceful stage of my relationship, and I have to say. I am really enjoying it because we we um, went from a stage in our relationship where my partner um, told me that she experienced me as hostile. So that was how bad our relationship was. So there was um, big failures in communication, lots of grudges and resentments build up, high levels of reactivity. So we said one thing, the other person would react and defend. We just couldn't communicate. And now we're in the peaceful stage of our relationship because we, we've worked on, we're aware of the core issues in our relationship and we've worked on them. And now we're in a stage where the reactivity in our relationship is low. If, if something comes up in our relationship, we talk about it. We use the Imago dialogue, which is actually the core tool for um, Imago therapy. And we're, and this is also what I say to my couples, I want you to become a couple that talks about everything in your relationship, debt, money, sex, fear, children, in-laws, what you want for the future, frustrations. That, that's a peaceful relationship where you can talk about all of these issues in a safe way where you actually listen to each other and emphasize and learn to validate, like really listening to each other's point of view. It's like a whole um, different way of communicating and relating to each other. So it's a peaceful relationship. Mm. So you described that really nicely. There's dialogue where you can discuss any mm -hmm. topic whether yeah. the weather, all the way to finances, politics, sex, family, in-laws, goals, aspirations, we could keep going. And in a safe environment where you don't feel there'll be any consequences or risk, that, yeah. that's where I am now. It's hard to get there, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And you know what? It's really interesting because a lot of couples have a couple of topics they just can't talk about. Right. There might be a one or two areas that they tiptoe around. Yeah. So they, they, they avoid, they completely avoid because they cannot talk about it without it blowing up. Right. So let's wrap that up. What is stage four? Oh, so, so stage four is um, the um, power couple stage. And really um, what I mean by that is just that you are actually um, – it's, it's an extension really of the peace stage of relationship. So it's where you are working on your relationship every day. Cause I really believe that there's a myth of the effortless marriage and I'm sure you'll agree. And that actually, you know, relationships require work. They just don't appear out of nowhere. And so the, the um, power struggle stage of relationship is where if someone was a fly on your wall, how would you be behaving? Are you, um, are you actually using the tools daily? You know, so, um, um, it's really about who I am being in relationship, how I'm showing up. So I've got self-awareness. I'm a reflective um, person. I take 
self-accountability, self-responsibility. I'm, I'm, you know, working little bits on the relationship every day. And, and I really want to say that relationships are work in progress, you know, because I often think to myself, even where are we? We sort of, we go up and down between peace and power couple because we work on our relationship every day but it's still I'm, I still have stuff from my childhood come into the relationship I still react sometimes I get to think do you know what I mean so it's a real work in progress the whole evolution of relationship hmm. so beautiful I love that framework I, I can relate to that in many ways hmm. where most of the time there's a feeling of being at peace or contentment, mm -hmm. but not complacency. Yes. Where you take each other for granted. You just assume, oh, he'll always do that. She'll always do that. But there's this feeling of wanting to move to a higher ground yes. and to increase the joy, uh, wallow and, and kind of savor the moment I I sometimes think to myself these are the these are the days I want to remember where I'm in that sweet spot with the relationship um so beautiful I'm glad, I'm glad we're talking about this so I'm sure everybody aspires to this right this is this is what we as humans long for right Shan yeah. is to have connection uh genuine feeling of comfort where your spouse or your partner is there for you you are there for them and they're a safe haven of yeah. um just everything right you know although yeah. you do have a strong independent streak and an yeah. individual identity which is key it's so yeah. easy to lose that sense of personal power and identity for many in a relationship once you put the ring on your finger and you march down the aisle and you're like oh, I'm married your whole identity becomes that you're a husband or a wife not I'm a person yeah. right and, yeah. and not we don't want to lose the the personal identity of wholeness and oneness as an individual but yet merge together in a yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I'm not a therapist, but I listen and learn. So, and a lot of people do come to me and I do a little bit of a litmus test with them as to not only the, the demographics, you know, how long have you been married? How many yeah. children do you have? Um, do you own property together? You know, getting a snapshot of the relationship. But then I do discuss, you know, are they in the dark about how you're feeling? Yeah. Um, are you contemplating this? Are they aware of how you're feeling or thinking? How do you communicate? And and more questions after that, so that I can tell I haven't really thought of it as the stages of of um the relationship, although I'm going to use those stages. Right. Yeah. Well, now let's uh move a little bit into a perspective of a question. So you're saying that conflict is the path to growth. Yes. Some people avoid. Right? Yes. A lot of people don't like conflict. Oh, yeah. Because yes. from the past, whether that be a child, a memory with a parent or a sibling or a boss or whomever, conflict can be seen as a negative thing. Yeah. You're saying that conflict is the path to growth. Can you explain yeah. this? Uh, so perhaps people don't feel so intimidated by it. 
versus how couples would commonly view or misunderstand conflict <clears throat> as a whole? Yeah, I think that's, um, well, that's a great question. And um, basically, you're quite correct, as many, most couples are afraid of conflict. And that's what I teach my couples is to not be afraid of conflict because actually it's, it's a good thing actually because it's an opportunity for growth it's a it's a sign in your relationship of where to focus your attention um in the um power struggle stage of relationship this is where that where usually we get the conflict and of, of course we get the conflict and so people um can um misunderstand it and think okay well if there's so much conflict we're not meant to be together but the conflict, so using the Amago philosophy, the way we look at conflict, is that we understand that um, basically as an adult, our childhood is over. But what we do is we bring our unfinished business from childhood into our adult romantic relationships. And so what the conflict is about is it's our unhealed parts that still live on within us. And so we're carrying these childhood hurts around how we wanted to be loved, but we weren't. And so now our childhood is over. So we transfer this into our adult relationships. And so we're actually, there's no coincidence with a partner we're with. We're attracted to them for a specific reason. And usually that's because there's, well, the way we see it is there's something familiar about that from my past. You know, in some way you resemble the way my, my father or my mother hurt me in the past. And so I'm attracted to you because more than anyone, you're going to trigger me. Do you know what I mean? So you're going to trigger this unhealed part within me. And, and how we can spot that is it's the conflict. And so, um, you know, what, what we need to do is bring our awareness to this and work through that conflict to get the growth. So the whole purpose of the power struggle stage is healing and growth. So I'd love to give you an example. So I'll give you an example of my own relationship. So for me... One of the unhealed parts within me was um, that I bought from my childhood was, um, you know, one of my parents had very big feelings. And so I grew into a woman who was easily suffocated by big feelings. And so then I get into a, a relationship with my partner, Joe, and she has big feelings and she really needs her feelings to be heard and someone to be her partner, primary partner, to be present to those feelings because there was no space for them as a child. So she really needs that. It's the hardest thing for me to give because whenever big feelings come to me from my partner in the past, I feel suffocated and I become cold and hard and I and I want to withdraw and, and I can't be there. And it's really interesting because I tried so hard to work on this in my individual therapy. Like I've had over 10 years of therapy as part of my psychotherapy training. Still couldn't work on this. I couldn't get it. Still with her when she showed me her sadness um, I would go hard and cold, you know, I just couldn't do it. And so then when we started to work on our relationship, um, using mainly using the Imago dialogue. So, you know, I felt really safe in that dialogue. So I wasn't going to get suffocated because there's a beginning and end to our safe conversations. And what I did is I grew into being a compassionate listener. I noticed one day that I could sit and listen to her well, she was telling me about how sad and upset she was about something. And I noticed that I was just present and I was patiently just being present with her. And I was like, oh my God, I, I, I'm i not like feeling, I'm not disconnecting. I'm like fully here. And I realized that I had grown into being a compassionate uh, listener. And when I told her that, that gave her such a gift of self-acceptance because she knew that the thing that was the hardest for me because of my wound from childhood 
I had given her. And so, so um, we see um, we're, we're each other's healing and growth elements. So I grew into being more, being able to sit with feelings and she healed because here was someone finally able to listen to her feelings. So that's an example of how, and, and originally in the past, we had conflict over that. So the conflict led us to doing the work, which we then grew. It's, it's really amazing work. Yes, it makes you think about those instances in your relationship that there was a power struggle or an argument or some sort mm. of disagreement and where that may have come from, from a previous experience you had as a child <clears throat> or a teenager, young adult, doesn't always have to be a two-year-old, right? Um, and how that has, you've dragged it with you, right? You're yes. still holding on to that. As yes. you said <clears throat> so well, you know, um, we bring our unfinished business with us into our marriages, how we wanted to be loved, but weren't. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk to those people that are listening and we don't have much time left, but we want okay. to give them some really good takeaway and gem here. If mm -hmm. you only had one moment or one bit of, expertise to share what is the number one thing couples need to learn or individuals need to to bring to that we we can't always control the spouse yeah turn their relationship around if they are in fact struggling what can they do so um in a nutshell what mm -hmm. i would say is the number one thing that people need, need to learn how to do is to um communicate safely because we um we're not taught how to listen and so we need to um you know we get caught in these dynamics of not listening of um interrupting or blaming or shaming so it's all in the way it's not what we say it's how we say it so firstly it's learning to speak in a way that I'm not going to raise my partner's defenses so they actually hear me and also learning to listen because actually in the UK the number one cause of divorce is actually communication and so I always tell the couples when I when I see them I say the, the main thing is, is you don't know how to communicate in a safe way you learn that and your relation you're going to really transform what's happening in your relationship because that then becomes the tool that you start to heal all the core issues in your relationship right mm. you're so correct in that in conflict in my world because I don't see them when they're typically looking to save the marriage although yeah. I have, I'm really proud to say it wasn't my intention, uh, but I've saved about nine, 10 marriages. I think I've started, right. thing, which breaks, you know, kind of blows me away, right, Chan? Because <clears throat> here in my world, you know, Better Divorce Academy, my book, Better Divorce Blueprint, yeah. you know, I'm all about the D word. So yeah. I, and people don't typically come to me and say like, hey, do you think you could help us? You know, do you? But there's, this is what happens is one person will come to me yeah. when they're in the early stages of contemplating divorce and 70% of divorce in the States. I don't know if it's in the UK too, although I do have several clients in, in England um, is filed by women, right? 70% of divorce is filed by women and two years is the average amount of time that women contemplate divorce think about it just to themselves in their own little world. They don't share it with anyone. It's not a conversation they have with a neighbor, a friend, 
a hairdresser, a sibling, a parent, nobody. They keep to themselves. It might be a journal. It could just be what they think about while they're driving the car. Yeah. Oh my, the marriage is a mess. The relationship is a mess. I can't do this anymore. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. How do I get out? I'm afraid. Like these are conversations they have with themselves internally. And what they do is they Google or they read or they research and they eventually find me. And they come to me with a lot of confusion and overwhelm and fear and stress about the marriage. What If I were to file for divorce, what would that look like? Yeah. How much would it cost? What would Mm -hmm. I be entitled to? Because they're looking for um, a plan to start to create the next chapter of their life. They don't necessarily know that they're doing that. It's a subconscious thing, but there are those times where as I listen to the person, I don't know them yet. It's mm-hmm. a, an email, it's a phone call, it's a consultation. It could it could truly be, you know, I'm meeting somebody at a coffee shop per request of a friend who says, hey, would you meet with, you know, somebody I really think they could benefit greatly from working with you. And I always say, absolutely. Yeah. So I meet with them. And the more I listen, I realize, you know, maybe this relationship could be salvaged. Maybe yeah. it could be saved. And now that I'm, alone, I mean, I've heard of the this, the conflict and, and I'm not new to this by any means, yeah. but again, it isn't my role as a professional then to say, oh, let me see if I can help you fix your marriage. You know, I, I do then give them over to someone like yourself or an expert to say, I think you should work with this therapist or counselor or, you know, yeah. expert for a bit. The trick here is when they come to me, their spouse typically doesn't want to help. Yeah. You know, they're stubborn. They're either histrionic, antisocial, borderline, narcissistic. Those are not diagnosis, anyone. They're difficult people. There is nothing wrong with them. It's all you. I've done nothing wrong. You can see the direction of this. So therefore, that person that's come to me backs off even more and even more and even more. So now they're living separate lives sometimes. So they're not sharing a bedroom. They may not even be sharing a home. They're not cohabitating anymore. They're living in constant conflict and fear. And I hate to say the damage is done. It depends on how long have they been in that stage. Yeah. My final question for our interview here and this conversation that we're having is because again I don't throw in the towel you know (laughs) it isn't my responsibility to say oh come on let's get this done if the both parties are saying we want a divorce let's do it you know Um, (laughs) so at that point um, is there is it ever a possibility where they've they've been living apart for say a year or more and they're not communicating and their partner is not willing to have a conversation or seek therapy that the other person can make a difference still or or is it healthier for them to to make the decision to end the relationship the thing is is um i believe that you can turn any relationship around if you are both willing to do the work. So if one person is not willing to do the work, and yes, I do see that, well, there is no work. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, and and that's really devastating actually for the person that does want to do the work 
And so my agreement is with you there, actually, that that is when couples divorce. And that makes me really sad. But that, but then hopefully the person that does want to do the work and wants a different type of relationship, then they go out and meet someone who's more of a match for them. Correct, correct, correct. Right. Because, you know, it's as hard as it is to be in a relationship that is filled with conflict. And, I, you know, yeah. I mean... <clears throat> the toothpaste tube, you know, scenario, putting the toilet seat down. We're talking about all the stereotypical yeah. stupid conflicts, right? The way you load a dishwasher. Like those are not the reasons to get divorced people, right? Yeah. And yeah. Those are, but when you get into deeper, you know, conflicts that really do need therapy, yeah. um, there's conflict and then there's conflict. Yeah. At what point do you say, this is so painful but when you're in a marriage or a relationship like that and you do decide to to end with divorce, it, I, I don't want you to think it's the end. This may be the universe's way of saying to you or whispering in your ear, there's something better out there for you. Yeah. This is a lesson because I'm the one professional in the world that doesn't want to repeat client sham. Yes. Right. Yeah, so you yeah. might want you might want yeah. to be repeat clients. Right? I don't want repeat clients either because I teach them right. how to do the work and then they do it at home. But I totally right. in agreement with you. Yeah. Like There's this sense of like you gotta take the lesson into yeah. the next relationship. And yeah. it's not good for nothing. This is good work that you're doing. Take mm. the work that you're doing on you and yeah and keep that lesson bring that I'm gonna you know we're not gonna call it baggage but keep it and bring it with you it's yeah, well, it's the growth isn't it so you take the gold you take the growth and then you go and you you um take it into your next relationship I'm in total agreement with you there yeah so yeah. there is a time when some people have to walk away and I, I also understand that and it, and it is so hard to acknowledge that the marriage is unhealthy or the partnership is unhealthy. And this is, you know, men, women, age, whether you're 20 or 60, um, heterosexual, homosexual, it doesn't matter. Part, you know, relationships are relationships with people and romantic relationships. I mean, not just, you know, it's a little bit different if it's a boss or, you know, conflict. That's a whole nother conversation if you've got, you know. It's, it's just somebody that you have to deal with at work or in a family member. But I want people to know how to reach you, how to work with mm -hmm. you. And I understand you also have a three-month program for couples yes. on the brink of divorce called From Power Struggle to Peace. So how yes. can they learn more about you? How can they find you and work with you? I have loved finding you. I'm so glad that I've added you to my Rolodex of experts. As much as I love to help couples figure out if their marriage truly can be saved. Um, yeah. You know, it isn't my expertise. You need mediation private. You need to keep your private life private. You want to avoid litigation. You want to avoid having one of you be the plaintiff and one of you be the defendant and embroil and litigated lawsuit. I can help you with that. You yeah. are already litigating and you need an expert to guide you step-by-step step through the process and get you the right team members. I can help you with that. So mm -hmm. let's get people the help they need in the area they need it. So how do people find you? Hmm. So people find me, the best way to find me is through my website, which is, which is uh, shammerchant.com. 
Um, I'm also um, on LinkedIn, Shin Merchant Couples Therapist. I also have a quiz, actually, a three-minute quiz called for, uh, like, which of the four stages of relationship are you in? So mm-hmm. perhaps if you are at a stage where you um, are really struggling in your relationship, but you both want to do the work, then you can do the quiz, and that will tell you if you're in the power struggle stage of relationship. Um, it's on my website as well. So, so yeah, the best place to find me is my website. Perfect. Yeah. And yeah. that will all be in the show notes, but it is S-H-A-N-M-E-R-C-H-A-N-T. And yes. guess what? I'm going to take the quiz. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so everybody get in there, take the quiz, yeah. learn where are you in your relationship? Are you still in the honeymoon phase? Lucky you. Yeah. Are you in the peaceful stage? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, the power, power struggle stage? Uh-oh. Are you in the peaceful stage or are you in the power couple stage? So let's figure it out together. I'm so glad we had this opportunity to chat and learn more about healthy relationships. Keep thriving, everyone. Have a better divorce. I know that you are listening and learning and I'm here for you. Till next time. Thanks for joining me today. If you were inspired by today's episode, please share it with a friend or a loved one. My hope is you feel empowered to take some action, no matter how big or small. Action that allows you to step out of the chaos and thrive on your own terms. If this podcast added any value to your day, please review it on iTunes, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Until next time, keep thriving in the chaos.